0: welcome to the garden basics with farmer fred podcast if you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information well you've come to the right spot if you're in the habit of buying bags of worm castings for your garden don't delay putting them in your soil they have a limited shelf life and a lot can go wrong if you wait too long America's favorite retired college horticulture professor, Debbie Flower, has tips for using bagged worm castings. Did you know you can grow roses from seed? That's right, a master rosarian tells us how to do it. We're podcasting from Barking Dog Studios here in the beautiful Abutalon jungle in suburban Purgatory. It's the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, brought to you today by Smart Pots and Dave Wilson Nursery. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. We like to answer your garden questions here on the Garden Basics podcast. You know how to get in touch with us. You can uh, leave a message at SpeakPipe, SpeakPipe.com slash Garden Basics. You don't incur any phone charges that way. And of course, you can always call us and leave a question. 916-292-8964, 916-292-8964. Couple of ways you can get some uh, text into us. If you go to gardenbasics.net, you can leave a question there. Maybe you have pictures you want to send along. That's always helpful. Well, then send your question and your pictures to me via email to fred at farmerfred.com. And again, uh, speakpipe.com/slash/gardenbasics. A great way to get your voice on the air here. Or go to GardenBasics.net and leave a question there. Debbie Flower is here to help us answer the questions. And and people love to get information from Debbie. You know, by the way, and it's trademarked now, she is America's favorite <laughs> retired college horticultural professor.
1: Gee, thanks, Fred. <laughs> sure, anytime. <laughs>
0: And Eileen left us a message at speakpipe.com, and
1: Debbie, it was a very intriguing message, wasn't it? It was. This is a good thought, a good-thinking woman. All right, here's Eileen. Hi, Farmer Fred. I have a question about worm castings. I've heard that worm castings are really kind of volatile, and they only stay good for like 15 minutes after you harvest them out of your worm bin. But then I also see them being sold in bags at garden stores, so... What's the truth? I mean, it's probably not the worst thing to old, to add, like, old worm castings to your garden, but maybe it doesn't even hold a candle to what your backyard worm castings can do. Uh, help me out here. Thank you.
0: Well, Eileen, you're right on several points there. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. But there's one that we, we will be emphasizing, too, is that uh, old worm castings may actually repel water.
1: Right. Old worm castings don't have as much value as the new ones right out of the garden, as she mentioned. There was a, a study actually done in 2000, well, it was published in 2014 in the Journal of Applied Horticulture called The Effective Storage on Some Physical and Chemical Characteristics of Vermicast. So, Vermicast being the worm compostings.
0: Being America's favorite retired college horticultural professor, you're probably
1: familiar with the Journal of Applied Horticulture. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say that is a...
1: Uh, Reputable publication? Yes, it's a peer-reviewed publication, which means they get the article and they will send it out to peers, people who are similar to the people sending it in. So in general, these are professors or graduate students who are doing this study, and people will review it for different things. A statistician will review the article for making sure that the statistics were done correctly. Uh, In this case, probably a worm farmer or a worm researcher will read the article to make sure that the things said about worms and worm casting are legit. So it goes out to a number of people in the field who then make comments. And it has to pass this peer review before it will be published in the journal.
0: To give you a short answer, Eileen, those bagged worm castings, according to this study, they're good for 60 days.
1: Right. It talks about what's in them. Fresh worm castings have a lot of nitrogen in them and a lot of nitrogen can be very good in the garden or there can be too much and it can be too hot and burn the plants. So you you get a lot of nitrogen, you get some iron, some zinc, some copper, phosphorus, potassium. Worm castings do contain organic matter and they contain very broken down organic matter, which we call humus, which is pretty stable. It has some good characteristics uh, in the soil and it one of those being that it, it has high what we call cation exchange capacity. it, it holds on to cations or positively charged ions, so nutrients that plants can use as well as holding on to water and it lets them go when the plant needs it. All of that's good and that the humus part of it will not change over time. But there are also live organisms in fresh uh, worm castings and those don't survive forever. And they're good live organisms. And there's water, too. And there's water. Yes, it's moist. And that disappears. And that
0: disappears. Right. Uh, Let me read the abstract from this study in the Journal of Applied Horticulture to give you an idea In, in fairly simple English. So here we go. The study revealed that most of the characteristics of the castings were retained during the first 60 days of storage. Further, as storage was continued, the physical properties such as total and water-filled pore space were reduced by 11 and 40% respectively. The water-holding capacity of castings also reduced about 82% and exhibited high degree of water repellency, whereas the bulk density and particle density of castings increased twofold. These changes may impede the water availability, the oxygen diffusion, and plant-root penetration in the field. The nitrogen loss of 49% was recorded due to intense ammonia volatilization. There was more than 75% loss in potassium and phosphorus content and a significant reduction in the concentration of minor and trace nutrients. These changes in the properties of castings reduced the beneficial
1: impact of vermicast on plant growth. Well, that's pretty direct. It is. It is. And there are tables in this article of their results. The amount of time they looked at these worm castings were seven days every week, seven days, 14, 21. Then the table skips to 60 days, then 90 days, and then greater than 120. So it's not all that long. 120 is four months.
0: That's right. And uh, what concerns me is the fact that if it gets too dry... It's going to repel water and it's going to make it tough, as that abstract mentioned, for plant roots to penetrate it.
1: Right. So you don't, you're don't, you not going to want to grow in 100% worm castings. Yeah.
0: And if you do use it, you probably want to somehow uh, saturate it again, too, especially if it's older than 60 days.
1: Yes. So that would be uh, putting it in a bucket, let's say, and, and mixing it with some warm water and using your hands. Well, that brings up
0: an interesting thought. Uh, we just did a segment about compost tea. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you took those worm castings and put them in a five-gallon bucket along with an aquarium pump and basically put air back into the system yeah. and then used it, if that would help. Good question. Yeah, we don't I know don't the have, answer to no,
1: that. No, we don't. We'd have to do the the research. And again, you're looking at After 60 days, after 60 days after harvest or 60 days of storage.
0: I have talked to the makers of WormCon posting products. I have talked to retail outlets that carry them to get their point of view on this. The manufacturer says uh, we can't make it fast enough and get it out there fast enough. There's such high demand for it. And that's a good thing because that means that When a pallet of worm castings shows up at your favorite garden center, it's going to move quickly. And then you, the consumer, has to be the one to use it within a month or so. Right. But generally speaking, from the plant where it's made to the retailer, maybe just a few days. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. And depending on how many pallets of worm castings that garden center purchased, it may disappear within a week. It might take a month. And if it takes longer than two months... I think as a customer, what I would get in the habit of doing if you buy worm castings in bags is to ask them, when did this arrive? Mm-hmm. And if it's longer than 60 days, if they're telling the truth, then maybe do something else.
1: Yeah, there are people who do it as their local small business. Right. Yeah, that's and a good point. So that's something to look into. You can... Get it? That was something I asked for for Mother's Day one year. And my husband found a local mm-hmm. uh, vermicomposter and she had another job. And so she only harvested on certain days and he had to wait for those days and then drive over to her house and, and buy bags of, of vermicompost. I so knew. that was very fresh.
0: I knew a guy in Galt who said, "Yeah, come on by, and if you shovel it, I'll give you twenty percent off." There you go. <laughs> so yeah,
1: so yeah, it can be that fresh. It can and, be that fresh. And to apply it that fresh would be great. It would be because there are microbes, live organisms in the worm castings that are beneficial to the plants, and you would retain the most of those by do it by applying it fresh.
0: So, Eileen, I guess. Uh... You're going to have to form a close alliance with your favorite garden center or nursery. And hopefully they will level with you about how long that packaged product.
1: Hopefully they will know. (laughs)
0: Hopefully. they Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Uh, I went around checking bags for dates and I didn't see any dates. I saw barcodes. So maybe there are manufacturing dates embedded in the barcode. But how do you get access to that? And then where
1: is the plant that it was made? Mm -hmm. Is it. On the East Coast. And so this sat in a truck for a week. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there are worm casting factories, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, here in California, several of them. But I imagine uh, every area would have their own loca- It seems to be a very localized industry, the bag soil amendment industry.
1: Right. Seems to be very localized. Yeah, I agree. And worm castings, they're often associated with dairy farms because the manure is fed to the worms and the worms mm-hmm. turn it into vermicompost. I read another paper, another article where the thing that the, the worms were fed was paper. And so it might be a recycling thing. I don't know exactly where this compost is being made or what they're being fed or the effect that that would have on the result. We'll have a link in today's show notes on this
0: report from the Journal of Applied Horticulture on the effect of storage on some physical and chemical Characteristics of vermicast. You can read it for yourself. At the very end are references that you can research for yourself on worm castings and everything that was in this report.
1: Yeah, quite a number of them. It was very well researched. Yeah. Yeah. Another tact to take is we're not there right now at this time of year, but in your own compost pile or as you do on your vegetable beds when you put them to sleep in the fall, usually put leaves on them. Mm-hmm. And cultivate your own population of worms that will leave the worm castings right where you want them.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how that works. I'm always amazed at when you start mulching soil with a good organic product like oak leaves or chipped and shredded tree parts. And a year later, you go and dig down. All of a sudden, all these worms were there that weren't there before.
1: Yes, worms are incredible. I am not super well versed in in vermicomposting. I have done it a few times and I've watched the demonstrations at the Fair Oaks Hort Center. But it, their population ebbs and flows depending on the food supply.
0: Right. That makes sense. That's true of, of many things that live in the soil. Right. Do. And it's uh, one thing we learned about with compost tea is that you're wasting your money if you're applying compost tea to soil that doesn't have an active microbial life in it already. If it's dead. Yeah, it needs some life first in order to get it to multiply. Mm-hmm. But as far as making your own worm castings, if you have a worm bin, well, that's a good place to start. But if you have any working knowledge of it, you know that it takes months to get maybe a couple of cups of worm castings.
1: Yeah, it's For me, the, the part I liked the best was the leachate, the liquid that came out of it. And I would collect that. My worm bin was a tiered, mm-hmm. commercially made tiered one. And it they had a spigot for the liquid to come out the bottom. And I would dilute that and put it uh, water my houseplants. And they loved that stuff. And that's from your personal experience. That's my personal experience. It's not a peer reviewed study because there are not. no
0: peer reviewed <laughs> studies on worm leachate. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it's a mystery of until somebody studies it, uh, really, uh, how to apply it and where to apply it. But uh, just in hearing people who have worm castings, they will have worm leachate and what they do with it and the results that they see. Right. And uh, yeah, worm leachate's easy to get. I mean, I, I'm, right. I'm filling up to... a gallon every week. Yeah. Of... To... And what do you do with it? Well, based on my own experience, <laughs> not on a peer-reviewed study, I am putting it around plants in the garden and around vegetable plants, not over the leaves, but mm-hmm. around the
1: vegetables. Uh, are you diluting it? No, I'm not. That was my fear that... When I got it was that it would be too hot, as I was talking about at the beginning, mm-hmm. about to have too much nitrogen in it or too many salts, which are uh, how how plants can absorb nutrients. And when it's the right amount, it's great. But if it's too much, then it burns. The, the plants can burn the roots. So I was diluting it.
0: I would think it would really depend on what you were feeding the worms. In yes, the worm that's bin. true. Garbage in, garbage out. That's true. I remember Jacqueline Lane. Any of you remember oh, Jacqueline <laughs> Lane? TV exercise freak. Yes. And he had a white German shepherd. But he always used to say that the best fed person in your household is the garbage disposal. Mm. Because all that great stuff that people take out of vegetables before they boil it at the time back in the 50s and 60s. Or, that was popular. Yeah. Went, went down the drain. And that's the healthiest part of of the food. So if your worms are eating healthy fruits and vegetables that you're
1: discarding, You're going to have a very healthy bunch of worm castings. Right. I wonder about that other article I read where the worms are eating paper. Paper is very high in carbon, uh, has a little bit of nitrogen, but very high in carbon. And so uh, what are are they going to get out of that? Uh, And I don't have the answer. Yeah,
0: I I don't know that either. There's a lot more to learn about worm castings.
1: There is. Hopefully, this was a 2014 article. I I haven't found much since. I, I wish people would do more research on it. There's a, If you're into this, go get your Ph.D. and do some research.
0: And if you're in industry, you can write a grant for it. Yes. If you're in the manufacturing business of soil amendments, I would, if I owned one of those companies, I'd pay for those studies. But then you'd be accused of biased results.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, many of the uh, studies done in horticulture, and I assume other sciences as well, are funded by industry because it takes money. It takes money to pay the students and the professors who work on it, and they need supplies and time, and it has to come from somewhere. We're all going to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> this article, there were some that I was reading where that weren't quite as applicable, but they they were so into a certain product with a product name they used in the article and that just turned me off. I didn't want to know mm-hmm. about that product. I wanted to know about the worm castings in general, right?
0: Well, Eileen, uh, there you go. if you have the room to have a big worm farm, that would be the best way to get lots of worm castings quickly. It really comes back to what we've always talked about gardening, GIY. Grow it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the healthiest food you can get. And in this case, the healthiest soil amendment you mm-hmm. can get. Mm-hmm. So, yes. hope that helps, Eileen. If you want, go to the show notes and download the link to Effective Storage on Some Physical and Chemical Characteristics of Vermicast. Debbie Flower, thanks for your help on this. Oh, it's a pleasure. You're welcome, friend. You've heard me talk about the benefits of Smart Pots, the original award winning fabric container. Smart Pots are sold around the world and are proudly made 100% right here in the USA. Smart Pots is the oldest and still the best of all the fabric plant containers that you might find. Many of the imitators are selling cheaply made fabric pots that fall apart quickly. Not Smart Pots. There are satisfied smart pot owners who have been using the same smart pots for over a decade, actually approaching 20 years. When you choose smart pot fabric containers, you know you'll be having a superior growing experience with the best product on the market. And your plants will appreciate smart pots, too. Because of the one million microscopic holes in smart pots, your soil will have better drainage and the roots will be healthier. They won't be going round and round on the outside of the soil ball like you see in so many plastic pots. The air pruning qualities of Smart Pots creates more branching of the roots, filling more of the usable soil in the Smart Pot. Smart Pots are available at independent garden centers and select Ace and True Value hardware stores nationwide. To find a store near you or to buy online, visit smartpots.com/fred And don't forget that slash Fred part. On that page are details about how, for a limited time, you can get 10% off your SmartPot order by using the coupon code FRED. Use it at checkout from the SmartPot store. Visit SmartPots.com slash FRED for more information about the complete line of SmartPots lightweight, colorful, award-winning fabric containers. And don't forget that special Farmer Fred 10% discount. Smart Pots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com/fred. You want to start the backyard fruit and nut orchard of your dreams, but maybe you don't know where to begin. Or maybe you're currently growing fruit and nut trees and you've got a million questions, such as what are the tastiest fruits to grow? Where can I go to buy some of these delectable fruit and nut trees you've been reading about? And then how do you care for all of these trees, including planting, pruning, and harvesting? I've got one online stop in mind for you where all these questions you might have will get answered. It's DaveWilson.com. That's Dave Wilson Nursery, the nation's largest wholesaler of fruit and nut trees for the backyard garden. They have planting tips, taste test results, and links to nurseries in your area that carry Dave Wilson fruit trees click on the home garden tab at davewilson.com for all of these links, including a link to their years of informative videos about growing fruit and nut trees that they've posted on the Dave Wilson Nursery YouTube channel. Start the backyard orchard of your dreams at davewilson.com. Now, you may think that if you want a new rose bush, well, you either got to buy one or maybe you know somebody who's fairly clever and can start a rose from a cutting. How about growing a rose from a seed pod? What? You can do that? Let's find out. Master Rosarian, retired state entomologist, Baldo Villegas. We're in uh, Baldo's Acres here, and it's a beautiful time of the year here in spring. His 2,500 or 3,000 roses are in bloom. And he's got a lot of seedling volunteers of roses. Uh,
2: tell us how to do it, Baldo. Well, when I prune my roses um, this in the winter, I take the hips or the, you know, what's left over from the flowers. And then I, I, I put them right next to the plant where I, um, I got them from. And I, I open up the seed, the, uh, the hip. The hip is another word for the little uh, rose apple Anyway, that's the fruit of the rose. I open it up, and then I I get the seeds out, and then I just kind of uh, plant them uh, right next to the rose, and then um, in uh, a few weeks, little seedlings are coming out, and then what I do is I observe some of those seedlings, and uh, if I like them, I keep them. If it's something that uh, the seedling has a lot of disease, you know, like a lot of powdery mildew, then I just yank it, but I wait for for it to flower. Once it flowers, if I like the flower, I keep it and I observe it for at least three years because I wanna see how big it gets, how floriferous it is. If it repeats its bloom, you know, like every six weeks, like a normal rose, then I go for it and I keep it. If it decides to just bloom once and nothing else, then I just yank it. If I don't like the rose, then I just, again, I get rid of it.
0: At what point do you move those seedlings away from the mother plant?
2: After the, the after the first bloom.
0: Okay, so you're you're doing your your last uh, pruning in late fall, early winter. You you find those rose hips, you open them up, you plant the seeds. They probably aren't going to sprout till the following
2: spring. I would no, think. No, no, they see some seeds will sprout just a few weeks later. But yes, you might be true um, that I don't keep track. Yeah. Okay, I don't keep track. I just kind of plant them. And then uh, when I'm uh, weeding the area, if I see some, uh, you know, a seedling that might be a keeper, I put a, a, a stick by it so that I don't step on it and remind me that I have a seedling there. And then later on, I, I grab a pot and then a shovel and then I put them in a pot and I move it somewhere else where I won't be stepping on and uh, then I observe it for uh, like I said three years and then if I decide to keep it I keep it otherwise I just throw it away
0: a lot of people think that, well, roses, in order to bloom, have to be crafted to another rootstock. So obviously these roses are on their own
2: root system. Can you have successful roses that way? Very, very—you uh, can be very successful doing that. I have a lot of um, seedling roses in my yard that I started that way. And uh, a lot of them are keepers, and I would like to introduce them eventually.
0: All right, yeah, because they're not going to necessarily be an exact duplicate of the parent, are they?
2: No, no, they're uh, they're uh, unique. Just like uh, when you have a kid, your kid is going to be totally different than you. So uh, it has a lot of characteristics that remind you of you. But a lot of times uh, they're beautiful, better than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then if you like it and you, you, you like the flower, you like the health of the plant, then
2: you could take cuttings from it and start those cuttings. Well, yeah, you can uh, you can propagate it, and then you give, you give it to your friends. Um, you can register it, or you can uh, even uh, approach a, a, a rose grower. And you might get some um, some uh, money from from the rose grower. Not but not that much money, but uh, you know a few uh, a few bucks uh, a year. That that would help. Yeah, I think you might have better luck buying lottery tickets. <laughs> correct, yeah. <laughs> correct. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that have seedlings that uh, where the growers just don't want to. You know, they don't. Not, they're not interested. Yeah. Well, that's okay because. You grew it from seed. You can always brag about that, and it's unique coloration as well. You can also name it after your your cat. You can name it after <laughs> your girlfriend. You can name it after your wife. Yeah. You know, you can do all kinds of things, and you propagate it, and you give it to your friends and say, Hey, this is a uh, cat's uh, 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 rose, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it could be a, a real nice gift. There you go. How to start roses from seeds.
0: State entomologist retired, Baldo Viegas, still a master rosarian. It's great being out
2: here at Baldo's acres admiring all the blooming roses. Thank you, Baldo. Thank you, Fred. Uh, come on over anytime. Bring me some plants uh, again. Yeah, everybody wants tomato and pepper plants. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fred.
0: Recently in episode 191, we talked with garden author Robert Couric about creating a sustainable food garden. And one of his keys to success is attracting beneficial insects to your yard to go after the bad bugs. But those beneficials need certain plants to call home. Check out the latest edition of the Garden Basics newsletter, Beyond the Basics. In it, we list the beneficial insects you want in your garden, what they look like in all their life stages and the plants that they're attracted to. It's in the newsletter that goes beyond the basics, the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred Beyond the Basics newsletter. Find it via the link in today's show notes or visit our website, gardenbasics.net. There you can find a link to the newsletter in one of the tabs on the top of the page, and you can listen to any of our previous editions of the podcast. By the way, you can read an enhanced transcript of the podcast episode that you're now listening to. It's all at GardenBasics.net. That's where you can also link to the Garden Basics newsletter, Beyond the Basics, and it's free. Take a deeper dive into gardening with the Beyond the Basics newsletter. Find it at GardenBasics.net or at GardenBasics.substack.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for reading. Garden Basics with Farmer Fred comes out every Tuesday and Friday and it's brought to you by SmartPots and Dave Wilson Nursery. Garden Basics, it's available wherever podcasts are handed out. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, GardenBasics.net. And that's where you can find out about the free Garden Basics newsletter, Beyond the Basics. And thank you so much for listening.